You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into the weekly Talking Twins. Zolgad, Jake DePew, who always joins me, and Declan Goff, executive producer extraordinaire. All right, Jake DePew. I'm gonna set you, I'm gonna set you up to take the ball and run with it. Uh Let's go back to rewind to last Tuesday. Twins were opening a six-game homestand. The very disappointing Twins opening a six-game homestand against the Yankees and then the Astros. And um, in pregame on-field access, which we now have again to a certain degree, Twins general manager Thad Levine addressed the masses in the media and talked about the fact that the Twins weren't throwing in the towel yet and they had this homestand coming up against two good teams. Now, the Yankees are a weird team. They, they're struggling. The Astros are a good team. But Levine's point was, hey, let's get through these six games. Let's see, you know, who knows? Maybe we win four of them. Maybe we sweep two series and everybody feels differently. And, you know, I think we all had a skeptical eye towards those comments. But nonetheless, okay, let's see. Because the Twins had basically been losing to bad teams. And so, you know what? Let's see if they play some good teams, do things change. And the Twins go 2-4. and Now, they did win two games, but they lost four. And the two wins, I mean, the comeback win against the Yankees and Araldis Chapman was great fun to watch. But it felt very sort of fluky especially in the context of the 2021 season. And then Barrios pitched magnificently on Saturday. But two and four, uh, the Twins now, as we record this, going into a series against the Mariners in Seattle, are <clears throat> at the bottom of the AL Central, along with the putrid Detroit Tigers, at 26 and 39. So, assuming that the context of the Levine question was, when are you going to start trading? Do we now have permission... Does everybody now who's a realist have permission to start pulling the ripcord uh, to dismantle this collection that has been an absolute positive bust among the biggest disappointments in Twins history? Yeah, I would say probably the biggest, the biggest disappointment in Twins history. Uh, yes, absolutely. They should blow this apart now i mean there's just no no question i don't think there was any question before this homestand but uh if we wanted to you know be optimistic about it we you know we could take levine at his word and say well you know evaluate uh you know how they do against these good teams and they didn't do well predictably uh i mean you know it this is just awful in every way like there's nothing positive to talk about and you know i sent you my notes last night about this podcast and it's like I honestly think Nick Gordon might be the biggest positive from the 2021 twins and nothing against Gordon. I've actually been a big Gordon guy for a long time and I'm happy to see him doing well. Uh, But if that's your biggest positive from this season where you were expected to be world series contenders, uh, that's just a colossal failure uh, on every level, starting with the front office. So, um, you know, they, they, they look good on Thursday and Saturday. The Thursday win was, it was fun. It was definitely fun. It honestly, it, and, Maybe this is unfair, but it kind of just pissed me off. 
Yeah. Cause I was just like, this is the year. I agree. This is the year you're going to have this like, you know, magical walk off against, against the Yankees, you know, like it, it just basically was kind of a, almost a slap in the face. Like, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to have this great win against the Yankees in the most disappointing season in franchise history, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, Cause it just didn't mean anything. That could have been such a huge win. Like if, even if they were at 500, that would have been like a huge win and, and a win that you felt like maybe they'll point to this, you know, two months down the road when they're, you know, competing for the playoffs and say, this is when we turned it around. But as it was, it was like, you know, two minutes of, uh, of, of fun. And, and I definitely enjoyed it, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it meant nothing. Uh, and so that just, it just kind of made me more frustrated with the season. Absolutely. Uh, and then they, I thought the same thing. And then they come back on Saturday and, and Barrios pitched great. Uh, I think he's showcasing himself now, or the Twins are showcasing him for a possible trade, and we can get more into that. Um, but that was probably their cleanest win of the year. Uh, I tweeted that out after the game. Like, they actually looked good. I mean, they still made two errors. But, you know, they, they had timely hitting. They pitched well. They they generally made the plays when they needed to make them in the field uh, other than those two errors. And, and I was like, you know, this is what the team should look like all year. You know, this is what we were expecting, wins like this. Um, but they're so few and far between. Uh, it's 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 time to sell. I'm sure uh, the store is open at this point if any teams want to, uh, you know, blow the Twins away with an offer for uh, Buxton, Barrios, one of their, uh, you know, free agents to be, uh, you know, the, it, it's selling time now. This was the, the final nail in the coffin. So it's just a disaster. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In every way. And I'm with you the Thursday, the Thursday game, especially because it was such a, a brief flash of a comeback. It ticked me off because that should have been a game where that for the night moves you into first place above the White Sox or or, hey, there's four games like that per year. And and ultimately it meant nothing, which, of course, drove me crazy when I, I heard some folks suggest this could be the turning point. There is no turning point. This team, its turning point is actually its sale. So I wrote this, Jake DePew, uh, for scorenorth.com today, uh, and I want to get into this. I have two levels of sales for the Twins. The first one that begins immediately, in my opinion, is the garage sale. Andrelton Simmons, Robles, potentially Rogers. Pineda, who I fear now has a severe arm problem, but he was the type of guy. Um, Kepler, perhaps a guy like that. The garage sale is beginning to clear out guys who I think that you should try and jump the deadline to trade. So, so like, if you go to the Yankees right now, the Yankees need a shortstop, right? If you go to them right now and say, Andrelton Simmons, we don't need a lot back, but Andrelton Simmons, who would immediately solidify their fielding at that position. And he's not a great bat, but he's a competent bat. So I think the garage sale is one. Then my second part, which we'll get more into July as the July 30th deadline approaches, is my estate sale. A little bit higher class, right? That's Barrios examining Buxton. I don't think he gets traded. Um, Donaldson, who, who I have some thoughts about. But if the Twins, to me, put all of these guys in the deadline bin... They have so many guys that they should move on. That's absolutely silly. So the garage sale to me would start right now. I'd be calling teams right now and saying, I don't need a ton back, but I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump the deadline a bit to give you a guy who's going to help you, but obviously he's not an all-star or a great player. Yeah, and I think that's particularly true for Simmons, uh, as we talked about last week. Simmons is a guy you know what you're getting in him. He's healthy. 
ish right now. I mean, I know he has a little bit of an ankle issue, but he's had that on and off for a couple of years. He's a guy that I would just get rid of as soon as I, I possibly could, uh, because you don't need him. Um, if a team is willing to take on more of his contract, that's great, but it also gives Nick Gordon more playing time, which he needs and has shown that he deserves. Um, as far as some of these other guys like Kepler, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think they'll they'll be open to trading Kepler. I think they're open to trading anyone, basically. But uh, he needs to show that he's healthy. I mean, he's been on the IL for a while now. And, um, you know, he's had health issues really dating back to 2019. You know, if you remember in 2019, he barely played in September, came back for the playoffs, but wasn't healthy and, and didn't play well in the playoffs. Um, so he, I think... He'll probably, if they did move him, he would be later um, in the season just because he needs to show that he's healthy. But as far as those other guys, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, Pineda needs to show that he's healthy too now. He's got the arm issue. There's just not a lot there other than Buxton and Barrios. Taylor Rogers is definitely a guy, but do you really want to trade him? You'd have to be blown away to trade Taylor Rogers because he's your only reliable uh, bullpen. Robles, right for sure. i trade him in a heartbeat. Yeah, sure. I trade sure, him I in a heartbeat. That, that, that's what I'm saying is there, there's a there's a line here between garage sale guys and estate sale guys, and you're probably right. Rogers should probably be in the estate sale, but I just think that there's guys right now that I would just move on from. I would just say, okay, you're gone. You know, I'll I'll take whatever I can get for you. But here's the thing: as far as the free agents they brought in, they missed so badly yes. on all those free agents yes. that they can't they're not even going to be able to flip them for anything like oh. Colome, call uh, and shoemaker the only reason they're on the team now is to eat innings and we can talk about whether they even should be on the team but um you know you're not going to get anything for those guys uh, you're not going to get that much for andre elton simmons you're not going to get that much for nelson cruz honestly uh and then you know and, and yeah, i forgot and cruz Hap. i'm sorry yeah garage shell cruz garage shell yeah, Jay Happ is an ERA well over five. It's like they didn't just miss on these guys. All of these free agents yeah. uh, just ha- have been train wrecks. And so it's like they can't even get anything back. It's almost just a sunk cost with a lot of those guys. Shows you how badly the front office messed up this this season, honestly. I mean, I, I really don't think we can hammer home that point enough. We praise these guys for, for three years, four years, and they deserved it. They, yep. they have done a really good job up to this point. This is on this is on the front office and yes. I know I I use that line over and over on this podcast but like they have they the bullpen is a complete disaster the starting rotation is mostly a disaster and it's in large part because of the guys that they let go uh you know like Trevor May who could have really helped and then the guys that they did sign to replace them have all all been awful you know and even Simmons I mean I know Simmons his his defensive run saved and things like that still look good but he's actually he's been you know booting some balls in the infield uh it's just they, they just totally messed up this season. Oh, absolutely. And they can't hide behind injuries. Everybody has them. I mean, this year, it's disturbing, but it's off the charts. Everybody has them. Look at who's out for the White Sox. They're the first-place team. The White Sox have several big-time players. The, the White Sox, in some ways, in worse shape injury-wise than the Twins are. And they're in first place. So don't hide behind injuries. And your bullpen is not a product of injuries. Your bullpen is a product of choices that you made to, to sign guys. And, you know, Colome is unpitchable in games that matter. They're admitting that. Robles is a high wire act who, in my opinion, his stats are are better than if you watch him pitch. You know, there's always the three ball count or the guy that he walks or whatever. So I'm really tired of people trying to blame 
injuries. And, well, I mean, look, if they've got no depth. Uh, you know, Pinedo went out, and so that's a big problem. Yeah, you're supposed to have guys. Randy Dobnik, you just signed him to an extension. Like, the Pineda uh, forearm tightness, which does concern me, and he might be done for 2021. I have no idea. But anyway, um, so he comes out. Okay, Dobnik's right there. Long relief. You just signed him to an extension. You believe in Randy Dobnik. And I'm tired of the fingernail thing. Oh, you know, that, that, no, no. If he can't pitch, he wouldn't pitch. So, yeah, so don't use, if I was Falvey, Levine, and Rocco, anytime somebody tried to give me the uh, excuse of, well, you guys got lots of guys hurt, I'd say, no, we made terrible choices. Like, own this. You own this. It's very yeah, so frustrating. I, it is. It is. So I w- what I would say is, I think injuries can be an excuse for the outfield. Like, the outfield legitimately has had a ton of guys injured. And, like, you're throwing, you know, Kyle Garlick in center field and and now Nick Gordon, who's actually done a pretty good job out there. Yeah, Nick um, Gordon can play. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, so I'll buy it on the outfield. Uh, but but that's it. You know, like, the pitching staff has basically been healthy. Like, is going to be back now. Uh, and, and, again, this Pineda thing just came up. The bullpen's been almost entirely healthy. Yep. So, I, I like – they need to pitch better. Like the, the reason that this season is going in the tank or has gone in the tank is, is mostly the pitching. Uh, they haven't hit with runners in scoring position, but you know, I think they're leading baseball in home runs or like they're right at the top of the list. So like the offense is not the problem. Yeah. It's the pitching and it's the guys specifically that they brought in. Uh, they just, they haven't been good. And again, as we've talked about, they haven't developed anybody um, who, at least so far, who's ready to, fill in at the major league level. And that's where you get a situation where Matt Shoemaker and uh, Alexander Colome are basically on the team because they don't have anybody to replace them. Like there's no prospect. Right. There's no young arm to evaluate to, off to of replace that, these guys. Off of Go that ahead. point, Jake, I've got a question for you off of a tweet. I, I think you put it out on Friday and I loved it and it's exactly right. And I hadn't given this a lot of thought till I saw your tweet, uh, but it dovetails into Colome and Shoemaker, especially. And by the way, if I'm a halfway decent player on the Twins and I'm on the Delta flight last night to Seattle and Matt Shoemaker walks past me, I would go up to at least Rocco and say, what? He's on the flight? Like, have some self-respect. Like, he can't be on that flight. Uh, But that gets to your tweet. I think it was three years ago or so. And we joked about this, but... The twins, and this was so. This was pre us thinking that that Falby should have an established bullpen at that point. Um, they were claiming guys off waivers left and right, and making moves and bringing in guys, and it did get to be a, a bit of a joke. But you know, they were bringing in different arms because they figured this guy's not do- doing the job. We'll claim this guy from the Mets or something like that. Okay, where is that this season? And I think you said that, and it's exactly right. Like. For everyone who says, well, who else are they going to pitch? A guy they claim off waivers, DFA Shoemaker. So, like, like, what is your thought about where that is? Because it's not like they've never done it before. They did this song and dance, and yeah, it's not pretty, but doesn't it beat the shoe being on your roster? Yeah, so I, it's baffling to me because, like you said, they've done so much of that. If you remember 2017 when they actually made the playoffs, they were starting guys like Tim Melville and Nick Turley and like they were, you know, those are some throwbacks. Um, they were, they were constantly on the waiver wire, you know, making changes. They haven't done any of that. They haven't claimed a single pitcher on waivers. And I get it. it uh, you know, claiming a guy and he's on waivers for a reason, but like, 
do something. You got to get a little bit creative. You can't just keep trotting out the same pitchers who are failing over and over and over, you know? Um, so it, yeah, it has really surprised me that they haven't at least tried to go down that route uh, and, and see if you can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and, and get somebody who can at least eat some innings and, and give you quality innings um, for a short period of time. Instead, they just keep bringing out the same guys. And other than Luke Farrell, uh, who, who's looked pretty good, uh, none of the guys that they've brought up from the minors ha- have competed and, and their high leverage guys have, have all, you know, been the same like other than taylor rogers and taylor rogers honestly he's been good he hasn't been great this year uh, but all their other high leverage guys uh robles i guess would be in the same boat as as rogers but um for the most part they, they haven't performed so it's like i i just you know i don't understand the total lack of of movement on that front and that's why i tweeted this yesterday i think the reason column and shoemaker are still on the team is like that tells me that they're completely waving the white flag that they have no one to replace them. They have no arm that they want that, that that's ready to come up that they want to see right now. And so they're just like, well, we literally just need anybody to eat these innings. We're already paying them, so I guess they can stay on the roster for a while. Like it, it's an embarrassment. Yes, it really is. Yes, preach. You're exactly right. So what what does this do to um, our thought process? Two, twofold. Well, one, this clearly shows that the Falvey that they got from Cleveland, who is going to do the same thing there, um, and we've talked about this extensively, so far has failed in that area, and we know that. But more importantly for right now, because I don't think we've discussed this before, what does this do to our feeling? And the Twins certainly in the past couple of years up until now had hubris about this, that they could go sign pitchers, right? or trade for a pitcher and turn him around because Wes was going to work with them and they knew something that, you know, that his previous team didn't know. Um, because to me, the shoe, lost cause, hap, disappointment, not as bad as the shoe, but he's a disappointment. Um, you know, Colome, the White Sox, they got you there. Like you, who is the 2021 Twins pitcher across the board? who you say, you know what, they worked with him and, and it sort of worked out. To me, that that guy does not exist. That guy is not there. And that was a, a big source of pride for them of, you know, we, we get him with Wes and we get him with our system and our system changes things. Well, I got bad news for you. Your system has done nothing in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm trying to think of a single example. Because we used to praise him for that. Like yeah, you and I did. would say to you, like, oh, look oh. at what they did. We spent the majority of this podcast praising Falvey and Levine, and and the results back that up. Like we, they should have been praised for for 2017 and 2019, 2020. But, um, but this is a really fair, legit criticism, and and, and there 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 are no examples. There are no examples of 2021 pitchers. I mean, if you want to say somebody like Luke Farrell, you know, who's 30 and has you know has pitched like 10 innings for them, um, I guess you could I guess you could do that. But like, um. I mean, there, there's just no one there. They have nothing to point yeah, to Luke on the pitching yeah. front. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, um, maybe Winder or uh, Belzovic or, or Duran will come up and wow us. And then, and then we'll, we'll sing a little bit of a different tune, you know, and, and, it, and say, okay, this is somebody that they've developed, but um, you know, I'm willing to acknowledge they lost a year uh, because of the pandemic. Although some of those guys were still at the alternate site. So it's not like they were, um, gone completely you know the duran was still i believe training in saint paul throughout that season so mm-hmm. uh you know uh, we'll see if this next group 
pans out. But as of right now, you're right. It's not just that they haven't developed anybody, really. It's that the pitchers that they've brought in, it's been a total misevaluation of talent, you know? Uh, and that goes back to to Homer Bailey as well, um, to letting Nick Anderson and go, trading Ryan Presley. Uh, I guess technically they traded Nick Anderson, uh, but he, they weren't going to add him to the 40-man. Um, uh, you know, there, there are other examples as well. Did I just say Annabelle Sanchez? Um, no, you didn't say him yet. Okay, yeah. And Rich Hill's been great at like 90 years old in Tampa. Rich Hill's gone down to the Rays and been fantastic. He'll get hurt, but he's been fantastic. Yeah, so they had had him and they had Annabelle and they had Waskari Noah. Yeah. They let all these guys go, man. And now, and and Zach Littell. So Zach Littell, who they DFA'd uh, for really no reason. It was two weeks prior to the end of the year last year. I don't understand why they did that. They didn't need to do that. Uh, he's He has an ERA under two in San Francisco. He's their, he's like one of their primary openers. He's pitching great. Uh, Lamont Wade Jr., by the way, I know we're talking about pitching, but Lamont Wade Jr. has been fantastic. That Giants team, I think, has the best record in the National League. And you, Lamont Wade, Jake DePew, were long on the Lamont Wade Jr. bandwagon. I was. I, I was. I know. Because, I'm not joking. You were. Yeah, yeah. I, be, because he took such professional at bats. Mm-hmm. He took such good at bats. He knew who he was as a player. He knew his limitations. He can play multiple outfield positions, and he's just a smart guy. And I think there is something to be said for having intelligent players. Like, is it the most important thing? Is it more important than their physical skills? No, but like having self awareness, as Declan's talked about, is an important trait, whether it's in baseball or life. Right. And self awareness. Yes. And Lamont Wade Jr. had a lot of self-awareness. He knew who he was and what he could do and what he couldn't do. And he he focused on his strengths and minimized his weaknesses. And he's turning into a pretty damn good ball player now. They chose they chose uh, Jake Cave over him. And and that's uh, proven to be another bad decision. So uh, for all the, the praise that, that we've given them and all the good decisions they've made, they've also made a lot of bad ones. And um, it's all coming to a head in 2021. Let's talk about a decision made by Rocco on Friday. Now, I mean, for the most part, six games, disaster, four defeats. Uh, and the, the Twins are so bad that it's probably past the point of breaking down games. But I, I just have a question for you, okay? Because in my mind, I can't justify it. And I can't justify it through old school baseball theories, through new school analytics. I just can't. And Rocco gave Rocco-like responses to this question about this move. And, you know, by the end, I'm thoroughly confused. But... It's Friday night. It's the game in which the Twins brought in Taylor Rogers for one out late in that game. I believe they're do- they're down by a run, uh, and so Taylor comes in and gets the out. And then the Twins, I think it was Donaldson, hits a home run in the bottom of the inning to tie the score. And Rocco brings in Shoemaker, who was demoted that day to the bullpen, who gives them, you know what, credit the shoe. A clean inning. So now we're tied. And then Rocco brings the shoe back out for the ninth. And by the way, the Astros can hit. Garbage can or no, they can hit. And not surprisingly, the shoe self-destructs and blows up, and the Astros win. And Rocco's response of, well, if I had kept Taylor going, we weren't ahead at the time, and and then it was tied, and so I didn't want to do that because I'd lose him for the next night. Um, and... You know, the thought process, uh, Jake, that they could pitch Shoemaker, not one, but two innings on the day he was demoted and he's a train wreck. 
There is no explanation that I can get my head around when when victories at that point in time should be a precious thing, right? Like a one-run game is a very close game, and now it's tied. Oh, my God, you've got a chance to win. You've got a chance to start a series against the Astros with a win. And you supposedly are still telling me wins are important. Not me, you. And that's how you handle your pitching staff because you, you were concerned about the coverage of what if we get to the 10th? What if we get to the 10th and I've taken the shoe out and now I've burned Rodgers for a hitter, which, by the way, I, I completely didn't get. Is there any explanation that I'm missing here about what the Twins had an opportunity to do in a close game, which, by the way, would have also given them back-to-back wins, Yankees Thursday, great comeback, congratulations, and then Friday? Because that's one where I keep coming back to this. What does Rocco learn from things? What does Rocco, especially when it comes to pitching, which, by the way, a lot a lot of people in Rocco's job have been bad at. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world. What do you learn from things? Because that was, in my opinion, absolutely baffling. And that loss was largely on Rocco. It reminded me a lot of uh, when they brought in Brandon Waddell in the 10th um, earlier this season. If you remember that, I don't remember who they were playing. It was at target field, but they brought him in for the 10th and he predictably imploded. And then like three days later was DFA'd. Uh, I, I don't, like those decisions just defy any sort of logical explanation. Like I, I like I, I got, I, I understood bringing Shoemaker in for the one inning, um, but to bring him back out there was bizarre. And it seems like, okay, I, I'm going to run a conspiracy theory by you, Judd uh, and Declan. And, and I want to hear what you guys think about this. Do you think there's any part of these decisions where Rocco is sort of like, sending a message to the front office and basically saying, these are my options that you've left me, left me with. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pitch these guys in high leverage situations and you're going to see the results. Like that's probably not what's happening, but like if the thought does cross my mind that he's like, well, if this is, if you're not going to provide me with better options, uh, then, you know, you guys are going to have to own this, you know? Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't think that's happening. I think Rocco's too smart. I think he's probably too loyal to do that. Um, but, like, those are the those are the reasons that I come up with when I can't come up with any sort of logical explanation for why he would do that. Because he's a super smart guy. Like, he knows Brandon Waddell's not the best option in the 10th. He knows Matt Shoemaker's not the best option in the 9th. So, just what's going on there? Well, why you know? why Rogers for a batter when you don't have with this team and this bullpen in particular the luxury like that? That's a move that you make if Robles and Colome have worked out perfectly. Like if everyone's in sync, right? Rogers for one guy. Okay, now it's Robles. Now it's Colome. That's what you do. But Rocco knows that it hasn't worked out, and Rocco knows that he he does not want to pitch. Colome in any situation of importance now. So that's what I don't get about the whole, well, we'd lose Taylor for Saturday night. Saturday, Okay, yeah, you got to take this game by game, buddy. This is a one-game thing, and your bullpen's on fire. And you send in the one guy who's actually been, you know, or I, I struggle with this. I guess Robles statistically has been fine. I just, I hate watching him go to three ball counts. But anyway, you bring in the, a, a guy who's been pretty good for you for one batter in a one-run game, which, by the way, you still very much had a chance to win. So, like, I, I mean, and you texted me the thought about, is this 
Rocco sort of showing them what what he has, which I guess by the time you get to the shoe, I could sort of see him doing. But if I'm them, I come downstairs and say, Taylor Rogers for one guy, given our circumstance, really? And I don't know what Rocco's response is there. So I don't know. It's just baffling to me. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted this out, I think, two years ago. And I and I have the receipt now here to prove it too. Um, it was 2019, same kind of thing when the when the Twins needed bullpen help, obviously, right? And, and all they did was trade for a, a guy who hated cats and Sam Dyson. Um, they didn't they didn't end up doing anything. And there was a game that was in late July. I'm sure it was obviously when Cleveland was probably pretty close to them in the standings at the time they made that epic comeback. And Trevor May was out there like 40 pitches in, 40 pitches into a game with no one behind him. And I tweeted out, I think this is Rocco trying to send the front office a message saying, help me. Like, if you, if, if, if we have no other option here, and I'm going to run out Trevor May, you know, probably on a back-to-back appearance on 40 pitches, and I can't throw him again for five days. And I think I remember, you know, Phil and even Derek Wetmore, and we were, we were all together. We all said, like, well, they disagreed on that take. That No, it's, it's, a, it's something way more than that. But, no, I, I do think it's something that Rocco says – Want to help? All right. Well, I need help here. I need more. I need bullets. But he screwed the pooch here. But this one's different. Correct. Taylor Rogers can't be used. You don't have the luxury of acting like you're good. That's true. That's Very what I don't situation. understand. So if 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 that is a if the use of the shoe is a sign to Falvey, I need more help. If I'm Falvey, I come downstairs and say, "Dude, you screwed this up, not me," and we get in a screaming match. I mean, top of our lungs, by the way, too. But, I mean, that's what I don't understand. Because, yeah, Dex, I recall the time period that you're talking about, and mm-hmm. that that one makes way more sense Yep. because he didn't have the help. In this case, he, like, took the guy with the fire hose and told him to go home. <laughs> and it's a three-alarmer. Like, this is where I just I can't re- I can't reconcile this because if it's if things are important again, this all points back to the Houston playoff series, the Yankee playoff series. Like, if you can't manage your pitching, you really can't manage. So I get very, very concerned. Like, every time it's it comes down to crunch time, I feel like we're seeing a replay of I don't really get it. And I don't know where Wes Johnson is. I don't, you know, how can you not be like, uh, we got to leave this guy in. And you know what? If we lose him for tomorrow, that's fine. Because you're probably, you're going to lose a game here. I get that. But you have to win this game. So, like, this, is, this is where I'm just baffled. Like, really baffled, because I think Dex is right in the time period he's talking about. But you got a guy who's decent to get one out, and then you turn to Matt Shoemaker? That's a toy fire, that, that's a toy fire truck with no water for a four-alarmer. So, anyway. It's just totally, yeah, no, it's totally bizarre. It, it is, and, and that's and that's where I come up with these, these sort of weird things theories that and, and i agree with, with what dex was saying back in 2019 that very well may have been the case i, I don't know what's going on i don't I, I, you know I, it's probably not you know a, 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 a you know him calling out falvey and levine by doing that this season um but but who knows like I, we don't know what's going on with this the only thing i'm sure of that's going on with this team is that there's some weird stuff <laughs> happening right like do you guys agree with that oh yeah like well yeah there's this, definitely things i think that we don't have I think there's things that are sort of showing themselves, but there's way more to it. The roots of yeah, the tree of problem, the roots of the tree of the problem is deeper than because we, we don't we can't get around them. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, uh, like the the season things just seem really off and it, it goes beyond just the, the bad play on the field. Like there's something 
that's going on. And I, I don't know what it is. I can throw out a bunch of conspiracy theories that probably aren't true, but like, um, I, I don't know, just the, the decisions that Rocco's made that the, the, just everything, man, everything. I, I think, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the, the COVID outbreak that, that really destroyed that. I mean, they were five and two when they, when most of the team got vaccinated after the home opener, you know? Um, and, and, and since then, you know, yeah. the, the COVID outbreak Mike came Bell four passed. days later. I, I get all yes, that. Yes. I get all that, but that doesn't explain now as far as the, like, like I, I give them a pass on some stuff. Right. But like we're talking about fundamental in-game decisions that aren't that hard. But what Dex was saying, it, it, and and what I was saying, I, I think I think there that hints at or that what we're suge- what we're saying suggests that there may be some friction between Baldelli and and the front office. And, and I could very well see that. You know, if I was Rocco, I'd be pissed. Like I, I would be pissed that uh, that you have this team that you think is going to contend, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you've brought in a bunch of guys that just haven't performed at all, and you're not you're not even you know playing the waiver wire game. You're not there are no prospects to call up really uh, on the pitching side. He's probably pretty frustrated. You know, um, I, I I don't know, I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. I really don't. But like those decisions were baffling. They just made no sense. But he's had a, he's had a bad year. Managing that to me goes beyond trying to show somebody something. He's just had a bad year too. Like there have been a lot of decisions that I don't get. It's been, I don't know. It's been really weird. So I, I'd be inclined to agree with you that I think there's things going on that we don't know about. Um, but you know, I'm sitting on my couch Friday watching that loss, and I'm just saying to myself, "What are you, Matt Shoemaker in the ninth? Are you crazy?" Uh, so you you brought this up at the top of the show, Jake DePew. What is your best guess about? how this Jose Barrios situation is going to play out. Cause I feel, I feel like a lot of people in this town are sort of soft peddling this one and we're not talking about it a lot yet. You know, there's the, I think there's the inevitable talk of the fire sale coming, but that's going to include a lot of the guys names who won't come as a surprise. The cruises of the world. What do you think happens with Barrios though? Because I mean, I do think you have to go to him at some point here pretty quietly and say, what's it going to take for an, an extension. And if they say, a number in a year that you don't want to do, uh, you've got a decision to make. Now, I advocate keeping him personally, but that doesn't mean I think that's what they'll do. Yeah, I mean, the fact that uh, Morosi tweeted about this, right? Didn't Was he the one who tweeted Heyman, about Yeah, tweeted about, J.P. Morosi did, did, and then Heyman came back and then Heyman. right at the start of the game on Saturday. I was like, hey, Jose Brios is pitching. Look for him. So it's been out there from a few um, credible sources. Yeah, and I think somebody said, I'm not sure who it was, but somebody said, if you see a tweet from Heyman, you should take it seriously because he has oh, somebody on the uh, inside. Royce, okay. Pat said Royce that. Royce said that. Pat yeah, said that. yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I, I don't know. If I had to guess right now, I would say that they're going to move him. Yeah, because I think I think they're probably at the point now with how disastrous the season is that they want to do just a full – you can call it rebuild, retool. I don't think it's a three-year thing. I think they want to retool for 2022. Uh, but I think they want to just restock their farm with guys who are right at the AAA level or, or maybe have already cracked the big leagues. And Barrios is the only guy other than Buxton who can bring you back a bunch of those types of players. You know, um, And Buxton right now, I don't know how much you'd get for him uh, because of the injury stuff. I don't think you'd get – Who do you guys think you would get more for Barrios or Buxton right now? Barrios right now. You get more for Barrios. He's a pitcher. I, yeah. I I think so too. Right yeah. now, at least. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and and he would be available for two playoff runs for you know for whatever contender you trade him to. So um, 
I think that Jose Barrios is a very, very good pitcher. I think he's been the best pitcher on the, on the twins for a long time. Um, but if they still believe in their ability to, to develop pitching, then I think they would rather have, uh, you know, three young arms that they feel like they can develop into Barrios or better than, than play, play it out with Barrios over the next year and a half. So I, I, I think there's a better than 50% chance that he'll get moved, but that's based on nothing other than these, you know, big time, uh, you know, baseball writers t- tweeting about it and just what their thought process might be as far as developing pitching. So if you trade Brios before the deadline, July 30th, Jake, the return needs to be what? T- uh, top pitching prospect? And then arms, yeah. But I mean, and then two decent arms, prospect I guess, arms. But one I, I top, would, one you need a absolute top, top you, guy. You need a top pitching pro- the organization's top pitching prospect. I would and say, and then and then a couple yes. more yeah. assets as well, or That's just or just take a one for one. No, oh no, I think you need a, a top one hundred overall pitching prospect, like Dex said. You know, the t- one of you know the top two pitching prospects um, in an organization, probably the top one. Uh, and, and then a couple of like B level arms, you know, legitimate, like top 30 um, in that organization. Um, th- those types of arms. I think you need like that. I think that's a starting point for a return for Barrios. He should get a lot. I mean, he, he's a very good pitcher and he's extremely durable. Yeah. You know, that's something we don't talk about with Barrios enough. He never goes on the IL, yep. you know, uh, he, he's, he's good for 32, 33 starts a year and a sub four ERA. And there's a ton of value in that. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I think a really legitimate arm and, and two other solid arms. That That's where you start. Here's the scary part. Because at the start of this season, I never thought I would say this. The problem with that is, and by the way, if you're going to lose him, you should trade him. I would sign him, but I'm not sure that the Twins would agree with me on that one. But the scary part is I don't know that I completely trust the Twins to identify the right team's and right pitchers. Like that's where I'm that's where I stand right now. When it comes and I mean it's incredible to say because Derek got the job off of what? Cleveland and the pitching pipeline and the fact that that the Burrios trade in Cleveland is called Wednesday, right? Like they're doing this all the time. Ah, we got a trade. You're the the Indians are trading that guy? Oh yeah. And then they got a guy behind him. Um but I don't know what my I don't know what my trust tree level is right now. When it comes to this team's ability to identify pitching, because Barrios, who is their ace, is a guy developed by a different administration. Like that's that's the frightening thing here. Like, what to me, we're going down a really weird path because I thought the one thing that held true was the Twins now are really well run and ultimately are going to make good decisions even if things go off the rails, which they have. Now I'm not so sure. I question that. And it's perfectly fair to question that because the results haven't been there. Uh, again, there's this next batch coming. If they pan out, I, I will absolutely praise them for that and say, you know, it took them some time, but they got there. But as we sit here today, it's perfectly reasonable to to question whether they are actually good at developing pitching and evaluating pitching because of the guys they've traded away uh, and the guys who have gone through their system and haven't developed. Um so, yeah, I mean, but but what choice do you have? I mean, you know, you have to trust. They're not going to get fired. Nope. So, you know. No, you're right. Um, I'm just saying I don't want to trust them. I, I certainly don't. I, I still think they're a good front office. Like, I know we've been ripping them all podcast. They, 
the results are there. I mean, they've gone to the playoffs in three of their first four years, and they took over an absolute dumpster fire. So I still think they're a good front office. Uh, but the pitching stuff, it has not gone well at all. It's not gone well at all. And so you trust them. To, you, you know, if you're not going to fire them, you say, we trust you to make these trades. But if they make a bunch of trades and get a bunch of arms and those arms don't pan out, like, you know, at some point you just have to say, this is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're not, you know, they're, they're not going to get fired anytime soon. And I don't think they should. Um, but they, their, their reputation has taken a hit this year. How could it not? Absolutely. Everybody they've brought in. Everybody has. Bad. Yep. Yeah. Final thoughts, Jake DePew, before we wrap up this uh, depressing edition of Talking Twins. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really wish we could talk about more positives because it's not, it's, it's not fun to just trash them every podcast. But like, there just isn't much there. I guess Nick, uh, I wanted to mention Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon is playing well. I, I, you know, he got some chances in center field and looked pretty good. I think he could turn himself into a super utility type of guy. Um, at some point, I want to talk about Royce Lewis. We don't have to do that today, but um, I, I'm concerned about Royce Lewis and the fact that if there's no baseball in 20, 20, uh, 2022, he'll have gone three full seasons, 2021 and 22, without playing a single game. Yeah. That concerns me. Uh, so we can talk about that down the road. But um, yeah, man, I, I think you know from now until July 30th, it's going to be all trade talk and prospects and things like that. Uh, and that's not where we thought we would be on uh, on June 14th, that's for sure. First trade made when? When when you best bet about when a guy like Simmons or Cruz is shipped out? Within a week? Within two weeks? Because I'd like to see it start soon. Yeah, I would too. It just seems like that very rarely happens. I know. Um, but I would guess at least one guy will be gone by the end of the month. Total total guess, but that's what I would say. What do you, what do you think, Dex? Yeah, I, I, I'm on I'm on the end of the month too. I think you just yeah. just start this dang sale early. Just get it over with. Pull the plug, dudes. Just pull the plug. I trade Simmons tomorrow, so I, so Gordon and then Arise mm-hmm. can play more. I, I there's exactly he serves no purpose here. Like, and he's a good you know. I mean, it's fun to watch as far as his ability in the field, but the ultimate purpose for why he was signed. Um, there's a lot of acceptance that's going to need to take place here. There's a, a lot of acceptance about Simmons, about a guy like Dobnik. I mean, dude, the clock has struck midnight. It was fun, but it's time to turn in the slipper. Uh, the shoe's got to go. The slipper's got to go. Anyway, all right, Jake, I'll, we'll talk to you next uh, Monday, and who knows, hopefully the Twins can have something good going on. If they can't, we will recklessly speculate more about trades. Talk to you. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.